This episode is brought to you by CLA. Here's your Money Briefing for Friday, February 24th. I'm J.R. Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. During the pandemic, we saw cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin soar to record high after record high. Then in 2022, a series of sharp declines resulted in more than a trillion dollars in losses. That chased many crypto enthusiasts to the sidelines, but not all of them. Some so-called everyday investors are unfazed by the risks. They feel that a bunch of the more traditional paths to building wealth are just closed off to them. The money that they make at their job is not enough for them to build wealth. That's Wall Street Journal personal finance reporter Joe Pinsker. Coming up, we'll talk to him about who these individual investors are and why they continue to put money into crypto. That's after the break. When it comes to planning for the future, taxes and wealth advisory tend to be viewed as two separate conversations. But some things are just better together. That's why at Clifton Larson Allen, they call it 12th. Here's Clayton Bland, Chief Wealth Advisory Officer at CLA. More often than not, all of the decision-making around the tax relationship are predicated on things that have happened in the past. An investment advisory relationship would be something that's looking at, hey, what are your future goals? How can we allocate capital to help you achieve those goals? So when we talk about 12, tax and wealth together, that's really what we provide at CLA with that combination of both professionals. It provides for the necessary information to make the decision that will have the best impact on you, both from from a goal standpoint of my portfolio and also from a tax consequence standpoint of when I file my tax return. Visit CLAConnect.com for more insights from Clifton Larson Allen. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Investment advisory services are offered through Clifton Larson Allen Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC. For many investors, last year's broad cryptocurrency declines were enough for them to hit the sell button and walk away. But others are undeterred by the risk, the bruising losses, and they've stayed in the game, still hoping crypto will make them rich. Wall Street Journal personal finance reporter Joe Pinsker spoke to some of them, and he joins us with more. Hey, Joe, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Joe, who are these everyday investors that are still putting money into crypto, and why are they doing it? Yeah, there's an interesting survey finding from last fall from the Philadelphia Fed, which found that about 39% of people who own crypto last October said that they were likely to buy more. So there are definitely people out there who are still doing this. Some of them actually happen to have lost a good amount of money from the crypto crash last year in 2022 and are back at it nonetheless. So there's kind of a mix of people who have some experience with crypto before. And they think in general that because prices are so low right now, that now's a great time to buy because they think prices will shoot up again in the future. And in general, whether you're looking at now or in the past couple of years, there are some patterns that stand out about people who are more likely to use crypto. Um, Crypto use in general is higher among men than women. It's higher among adults who are under the age of 50 than over the age of 50. And in general, it's higher among Americans who are black or Hispanic or Asian than those who are white. That's all according to some Pew surveys that have come out over the past couple of years. And you know, Joe, this isn't the first seemingly get-rich-quick type of investment that we've seen. How have market conditions influenced how people approach a risky investment like cryptocurrency? Yeah, there's some interesting recent history here. Probably one of the big examples that stands out in somewhat recent memory is the 
dot-com boom of the late 1990s, which a lot of households got involved in. And I was talking with a sociologist named Adam Goldstein from Princeton, and he has done some really interesting research on how when people are exposed to one type of boom, they end up participating more aggressively in the next one because they've seen all the upsides that can come from it. And so he actually looked specifically at the dot-com boom and found that households that had actively traded stocks at that time were more likely to then participate more aggressively in the housing market bubble during the mid-2000s, for instance, by buying or selling an investment property. And there's this interesting thread of his research and his observation that when people see booms happen around them in the economy, it makes them think that they're capable of getting in early on whatever's next. Now, you've spoken to some financial planners about crypto with regard to their own clients' portfolios. What risks do they say crypto has posed? Yeah, one of the biggest risks here is just that the price of crypto can swing so dramatically, and there's really no recourse for investors if your portfolio basically just goes down to zero. I was talking with a financial planner in Chicago named Valerie Rivera, and she said that in general, crypto just doesn't belong in a portfolio for an everyday investor. She said that some of her clients nonetheless are really interested in it, and if they are set on investing, the rule of thumb she has is that they shouldn't devote any more than 5% of their net worth to it, and also they should sort of mentally brace themselves for that money to just totally disappear if everything goes to zero. And one interesting pattern that I heard from talking with this financial planner and interviewing some everyday crypto investors is that a lot of people are viewing this as a sort of shortcut to financial freedom. And sometimes they have their eyes set on this crypto prize before they've actually taken more sort of basic steps in their financial lives, like just paying off their credit card debt. And then you spoke to people who are doing the actual investing in crypto, risks and all. What do they tell you about their experience? Yeah, I spoke with a pair of 22-year-olds who are friends and coworkers at a gym. They both live in Bentonville, Arkansas. And one reason that they get into crypto is because they feel that a bunch of the more traditional paths to building wealth are just closed off to them. They feel like the money that they make at their job is not enough for them to build wealth. They feel like getting into real estate is too tough because it requires too much money up front. They think that education even has its downsides because it requires, for them, it would require taking out student loans to go to college. So they look around them and they survey the landscape of potential ways to build wealth. And they zero in on crypto because the barrier to entry is much lower. You can get started with less money. And in their view, the upside potential is much bigger in this area even though, as we've seen, it's quite a risky investment. All right, that's Wall Street Journal personal finance reporter Joe Pinsker. Joe, thank you very much for being with us. Yeah, thanks, JR. And that's your Money Briefing. I'm JR Whalen for The Wall Street Journal. This episode is brought to you by CLA. 